The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch it. Everybody and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. This week I'm lucky enough to have one of my favourite people in the world on with me. It's M Higgins from Tasteless. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here after the incredible hostile takeover that <laughs> really touched and moved me. And I was like, and genuinely getting better numbers than episodes that I released. <laughs> you know what? It, it really made me realize how much prep you do. <laughs> I did not set myself up well. It's the solo thing, which now, like, you know, you're smart enough to get other people on, but I don't like to be at the whims of other people. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody else was like, I'm not free this day, I'd be like, well, then I guess I'm not doing a show. <laughs> yeah. So I just had to figure out what I could do involving zero other people and unfortunately it is doing more research yeah i haven't been brave enough to put one out for the wide release yet but on my patreon a couple of weeks ago i did have a patron request that i couldn't get a guest for so i just recorded both ends of a conversation with myself <laughs> just pretending that it was another person because <laughs> i i can't the the single host thing is really hard <laughs> and it's i feel like it's a thing where it's like no one actually wants it because it really is just and when i first started i would get reviews that were like you should have a different opinion. I don't like your opinion. Like you should have another person on to tell the other side. I was like, then listen to their podcast. Yeah. Because mine is just a diatribe every week. That's yeah. what it becomes. Yeah. But anyway, that was actually a lot of fun. But I'm so glad that you could join me this week to talk about a movie that I know we've both been anticipating. And it's it's funny, you know, I don't think of you as like a horror person, but this is now the second horror we've done on the show together. We like the same, like, look, there's the, um, as discussed in this film, the artsy horror, right? Yes. But yep. we both appreciate <laughs> the trashier side. That's right. Which I, is more, like, less flute. scary. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I want there to be maybe, like, a bucket of corn syrup. So we are, of course, talking about Scream, informally known as Scream 5. It's a 2022 American slasher film directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpen and Tyler Gillette, written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Buzik. The first in the series to not be directed by Wes Craven, of course, and it stars David Arquette, Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, Dylan Minnette, and Roger L. Jackson. And what is it about him? Oh, I, it is the the fifth film in the Scream franchise, and it has the new crop of kids dealing with their own ghost face, uh, but they have to call on the the old guard to come help them contend with uh, with a murder, very very self referential murder. That's right. Did you rewatch any of the previous films in the lead up to this one? I didn't because I was so positive I wouldn't get to see it opening weekend, and then I have to wait for the like forty five day theater window to yeah. end, and I was really bl- bitter about it, <laughs> so I refused to watch any of them. Uh, and then decided to bite the bullet and go and was really mad. But luckily, it's a series I'm familiar enough with that I think I got like 90% of kind of the Easter eggs and bits and pieces. Yeah. Because I've seen one so many times. I've seen three several times. Same, yeah. Four I've seen once or twice. Two I've seen a few times. I actually, they filmed the college in number two is Agnes Scott College. And I went to a camp there specifically. Oh, wow. I was like, I want to go there. <laughs> I'm like 12 or whatever walking around like that's where Nev Campbell stood on that railing and people are like this is a space camp. Like, 
That's one of the coolest. Every every time I talk to you, you come up with another just amazing story. Just though. weird. We only cover films that truly have deep psychological <laughs> ties to my childhood. Well, let's get straight into it then. I'm exactly the same. I I adore this franchise and I have really strong memories and ties to it. I remember seeing the first Scream because my mum was a big horror film fan and I remember watching it with her and I would have been maybe... 10 or something <laughs> and and I just have such strong memories of it. Did you enjoy this film? Did this film scratch the itch for you that you were wanting it to? I did. I was worried for the first half because I'll say right off the bat don't care for any of the new people. I, I, yep. Jack Wade is fine. <laughs> I had the exact um, same Jack Wade reaction. has his charms. Yep. All of those people no charisma, nothing going yep. didn't care, was waiting for Nevin Courtney to show up. Uh, David was also great, but I was just like, I don't, these, I'm not interested in these kids at all. So I was worried because at least with four, I was like, oh, Kristen Bell, I can get behind. Like, I don't know. It was kind of a cast that I knew, but I think I'm at the point in my movie going experience where I'm like, I don't know these teens. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm exactly the same. But then like halfway, I mean, do you know, like at what point were you like, okay, I think that this is going to be solid? Or did you not? I mean, you liked it, right? I did. I did like it. I did. I'll okay. get that out of the way now. I did. I had the same thing as you were. And even right until the end of the movie, I was like, I don't care about these kids. No. <laughs> Which is why, spoiler alert, I was fine that most of them died. Because <laughs> I don't I don't need a sequel with these yeah. same kids. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> I had no... No emotional concern. My only my concerns would be like, do you want to talk about kills? That I mean, I, I could be vague. Uh, no, yeah, let's. I mean, I've got okay, a spoiler warning at the top of the show. If people are listening to this, that's when, on them. <laughs> when uh, Deputy Judy's son was yeah. being threatened, I was like, I don't want that kid to die. Because I don't want Deputy Judy to be sad. Yeah, like, yeah. That was my. Like, I was like, I know that would affect her. She's trying to get him sushi. Like she's really stressed <laughs> by this. But then when she died, I was like, oh okay, bye. Like you, you can die. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like I wasn't. Whatever. And I didn't mind when the twins died even though I liked them probably the most of anyone, because when it was both of them, I was like, okay, neither of them has to be sad now because they're both dead, (laughs) is how I approached it. I I agree, actually. By the end of the film, they, particularly her, um, were easily the characters that I liked the most of this group of kids. Yeah, her tone was really interesting because at first I was like, is this annoying? And then I was like, no, I think it's clever where she very much, she had a very dry kind of approach and she kept twisting it, but not in the way that I hated Amber and the way that Amber twisted it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not interested in this routine. Yeah, yeah. She was also, she was also, I think the most familiar character to us like in this franchise she's the randy effectively like she's yeah. the one who's giving us the in to the the metaness that scream is and so i think that automatically gives you some kind of familiarity with her so that's definitely a character that's kind of easier to get on board with than like the the heroine you know she yeah. gets the funny lines she get to gets to be kind of silly the fact that she was heather matarazzo's daughter <laughs> what's her name I was like, wow, they really pulled some people out. (laughs) 
Yeah. Randy's sister. I don't remember her name. Is it like Tiffany or something? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I did not remember that either. Like, I, I recognized Heather Maserato, but I was like, who, who is she? <laughs> I I clocked that one. I liked you know why I was familiar with a lot of the the Easter eggs is because I feel like a lot of them pulled from three, which is the one that I probably saw most recently and really like have a weird affinity for. That's interesting. So three, I I did see three recently as well. Last Halloween, I watched the first three, and then after watching this, I was re inspired to go rewatch four, which I think is an underrated film actually. Um, I remember being pleasantly surprised by it and i think back on it now and it seems kind of bland but i feel like if i watched it i mean it had a culkin it had like yeah. a good nev seaman had like a surprising villain it had an awful haircut though on hayden yeah, yeah but nothing is as bad as the haircut on courtney cox in three i mean if we're gonna talk about hair that is a monstrosity <laughs> i i genuinely when Courtney and Nev are both on screen together. They both had gorgeous, like, chestnut locks. I was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. These two brunettes just making things happen. Yeah, it's true. I love Neve Campbell so much. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Party of Five coming back to me or, like, because I will always, even though she really doesn't act anymore, like, this is the first time I've seen her in anything since Scream 4 like 11 years ago <laughs> but there's, she's just so likable and I think that's what made those first three films work so well like looking back I wonder how differently written the characters really were you know like we talk about not really caring about these characters I wonder if it is actually just that cast of the first one that that made us care that it factor yeah because she was a perfect like every man Sydney Prescott very much isn't super cool is it super tough isn't you know but is kind of pretty regular has a little bit of chip on her shoulder but just she pulls it off so well and is so charming and yeah. just such a such a star and the fact that they got them all back yeah. from all these movies is just phenomenal and it speaks to i think the continued level of the storytelling yeah and this definitely felt appropriate for kind of the 2022 version. But God, just to see her again, I was scared. I was like, oh, they didn't, re they kept this from the trailer that she has kids. What? Yeah. Kids are going to factor in. I was so glad she left the husband and kids in whatever town <laughs> she lived in. Yeah. Ditched yep. them, came to Courtney with like a gun ready, like, let's kill someone. <laughs> That's what I want. Like, she's 50 and she's like, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk story then. Let's, so this, I mean, Scream has always played on the metaness of, you know, horror as a genre. This film, I think, really goes beyond that by playing with the, the metaness of the franchise itself, I think. Um, which it's, you know, it's done increasingly over time. Like you look at the third film, which is about the making of a film and it's, that to me is almost too much. Three is definitely my least favorite of the franchise. I'm sorry to say that to you, <laughs> but okay. they're uh, all pretty solid, so that's okay. Yeah, but um, did you like the story and where this went? Like, was it unpredictable enough for you? Did you see all the twists coming? I was surprised. I will say, at first, I was very annoyed by the self-referential. I thought it was very cloying when it was coming from the, the youngsters. Yeah, it seems a bit like, okay. fan servicey, but like you say, when it's coming from the youngsters, you don't even get that moment of like it's Neve. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Like they said when they're talking about like, oh, it's a Mary Sue or whatever when she's – I was like, oh, come on. And then the fact that they're like everybody here is related to somebody. I was like, yeah. really? You guys are all the friends, the Randy's nephew and niece. Like you guys are the friend group. Okay, fine. And it just kept being like, you know, if this was a movie, if I was in a movie, I'd tell you to run. If I was in a – I was like, I get it. We're in a movie. You know you're in a movie. Yeah. I get it. But when it came to realizing that we're in Matthew Lillard's house, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. They, they pulled – I was like, all right, this works for me. But it, they really – they could have easily lost me in that first half because it was so, so like we're we're just as fun. Yeah. Also, wait. I have an important question for you. Okay. Is it Baba Duke, which I thought it was, or what this child kept saying, which was Baba Duke? <laughs> yeah. As an Aussie, I would say Baba Duke. Oh, yeah, well, for sure. she's American, and I don't know. <laughs> I just was so thrown off when she's like, it's just like the Baba Duke. I was like, what? What is your accent? Yeah, we would Maybe say, that's how you're supposed to say it. We would say Baba Duke. So not Baba. I just we'd say like- Baba. <laughs> And I don't remember the movie enough to know how that man pronounced his name. I just know he's like a gay icon, I guess, according to the internet, the Babadook. Is he? But he is. Really? <laughs> People have signs of him at gay pride parades. What? Wait, I'm yes. so confused right the now. Babadook is a gay icon, and I don't understand why, but he is. <laughs> I, my brain is wrinkled. Is that really a there thing? There is a... <laughs> There is a release of the film that comes with a limited edition uh, pride flag slipcover. <laughs> wow. Okay. I must say, I was I was so impressed when that reference came out because I do love the Babadook. And as an Aussie, I was like, yeah, represent. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of reference. I was like, okay, that's a little bit fun because it is very modern. Then they're like... Oh, it's the director from Knives Out. And I was like, okay, you live in the world. Fine. <laughs> Done. I get, uh, it, but I think the story, the, the the killers surprised me enough. I mean, I think anyone, yeah. those movies, it's like, I don't think anyone could reasonably watch the first time and actually know who it is because I think it very much the movie goes in such a way that it could be a bunch of people. And Definitely. then you kind of assign, once you know, you're like, oh, of course. And you could have done that for any of them. Exactly. And here's my thing, because I did, I definitely suspected the two, but for some reason yeah. in my head, I never put them together. So even though I had suspected them, it really surprised me when the ending happened, because I was like, whoa. <laughs> I hated uh, Amber being the killer, but then when she just shot someone in cold blood, it was so shocking that it kind of worked for me because yeah. it was so brutal I that agree, I was like, yeah. oh, I I, I don't a, – a kill in the this franchise has never felt quite that, I don't know, like gory and just awful. Yeah. Was, but then I was glad that it was also the guy because I was like, okay, that to me is the more interesting part. But then again, they spent 10 minutes of him being like, the real fans. We met on a subreddit. Yeah. We're in 4chan. <laughs> we know fan service. And I was like, okay, it's the internet. I know about the internet too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the other weird thing about the two of them doing it is that they're trying to pin it on somebody else. So it's like, wait, so you don't even want the fame of doing it you just want these murders recreated for why <laughs> right and it's like they put a lot of effort into them being the kill like they they put a lot of fanfare into them for it for them to not want themselves to be the central 
figure it was like a little like okay you guys really shoehorned that motivation in there but but yeah. again i think he was really an effective kind of spiritual successor to both skeet and matthew definitely Although, yeah to see all the Bi- billy loomis and not get any cgi matthew lillard made me sad <laughs> and that i liked seeing him but that through line of her having visions of yeah. the father she never met that i found that strange looking as like well. he looked the night that he did like there's no actual footage in this world yeah of what he looked like that night i, I know right strange. i had the exact same thought i was like where is she, like where is she conjuring this vision from she she never met him she like it just it seemed right. very strange to me and that was the one thing that for me i was really like okay this is fan service because i didn't know that he was in the film i didn't know that we were going to to see that i was like oh wow that this is a surprise but this is kind of it it's it's just there to do this <laughs> and, and as soon as she had a secret i was like i bet she's billy loomis's daughter that's really? me i was like yeah of oh course. i didn't pick I, that I was like all. i bet she is uh, but it, it, number one she looked like she was a different ethnicity than him yep. which is fine but i was like <laughs> okay fine we haven't seen the mom but to have the end really be that weird setup for, I guess, a sequel of like, she does have a serial killer in her. Yeah. I mean, that feels kind of antithetical to her being the hero. It does. And it also kind of feels unlike Scream because Scream has, you've never gone into a Scream movie with like these predisposed suspicions like it will be weird going into a sequel if we're meant to suspect that she's a killer or if i just don't know how that's meant to work or i don't know right (laughs) anything again it's like we get to the end of the movie and i'm like yes courtney and nev sitting together with blankets and then she walks in and it's like okay you're here too billy loomis's daughter (laughs) great get out you like Okay, I just was so I'm just so uninterested, and she wasn't bad, but it just like I thought David Arquette was great. I was just going to bring him up. Let's t- let's talk about the original cast. Obviously, they're all amazing. He he really brings something else to this, I think, and not just his acting, but the way that they've gone with that character, I think. And then obviously, spoilers: what happens there, which really did take me by surprise. Oh. Were you shook by that? I was. I did cry. Um, into my masks, into my masks, (laughs) I cried. I cried a little bit over Deputy Judy, um, but then her son died, and I was like, okay, well, they're fine. (laughs) David Arquette, though, and again, I will say I was mostly sad because I was like, oh, my God, Gail is going to be so devastating. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But his, his story to me was so interesting that he kind of just couldn't hack it, but I didn't like the implication that was left of like, well, he just has to be in Woodsboro. Why? He's not the, yeah. What's the, the tie. I mean, I think he probably just couldn't hack it in a big city and Gail's like very schmoozy and he's kind of like a homebody fine, but it was very weird that he's like, I have to be in Woodsboro. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But their relationship has always been such like a heart of the movie. Oh, did you see, the I liked the, the Tatum ashes, box of ashes on his little mantle. I thought that was a nice touch. Like, oh, I didn't we, notice that. <laughs> so we go into his trailer, like when we first see him, and you, there's like a little plaque on a box, a little gold plaque that looks like whenever I've had like pet ashes. So I think it's yeah. human ashes. <laughs> I would guess. And I was like, that's a nice nod, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but 
he's just such a he grounds it. He's so much more real than yeah. than anyone else. And so Definitely, I was like, at yeah. least he's with the kids. If someone's gonna shepherd these kids, I'm glad Same. that it's him. Yeah, that was when the movie really turned for me. Was when they started interacting with him, and he came and was like a detective with them. And at that point, I was I was worried that we weren't gonna get more Neve. Part of me was like, that phone call he had with her is it. That's it. That's her appearance in the movie. They're teasing us like they did with Jurassic World, where they're like, the cast is back. And you see them for like four seconds. Like, I was like- I was so scared. Yeah. So, I was then- It just- It was a smart move because it kind of disappointed me. And then when she did pop up, I was like, yes! (laughs) Yeah. And even the way that they had Gail come and then be like, you texted me? I thought that was just just immediately kind of reestablishing the relationship that the two of them have. And then I was thinking, is it weird for them? Because in a way, it kind of mirrors like, you know, they divorced in real life. I think she is quite a bit more successful than him. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, And I was like, I wonder if that's so strange to kind of be back on this thing where you guys fell in love and spent these like very formative years of your marriage. I didn't even know. It added a weird layer. It must be, it must be weird when things like that happen. It's the same with like Dexter coming back this year after, after they split up. And that was always weird because they played brother and sister. (laughs) The fact that, and I remember I haven't watched a new one, but I watched the original. And the fact that they divorced because I, I, if I recall correctly, he was fooling around quite a bit. Oh, Oh, Um, I did not know that. Oh. And then. I thought I liked him. The season after. Is when Deb decided she was attracted to I know, Deb. I know. Like, oh, my God. When you guys were married, you played brother and sister. And now you're in a like contentious divorce. Yeah. You have to. And you have to, like, be into this. It's cooked, mate. It's cooked. It it must be the most awful thing ever. And also that storyline was just so bad. Like, I don't need this sibling love story, please. No. Actors, you always see It's like actors are always falling in love on set because I feel like they're just – like, there is that palpable chemistry sometimes. Yeah. And David and Courtney still have it. Absolutely. Yeah, they they do. Yeah. Nev and Courtney, I think – work really well together they don't have quite as much kind of oomph together but i really did like seeing them team up yeah so yeah let's talk about the deaths then obviously like with officer dewey's death that was heartbreaking um did you find the film there's been a lot of talk about how gory the film is yeah that's that's interesting because i did just think i think the Gun deaths just somehow feel, and the stabbings were really. Was it more stabs? There, usually, there were like, a like lot of stabs. Stab, yeah. But they're just like seventeen, just <laughs> brutal, and blood's coming out of the mouth. Ma- blood came out of everybody's mouth. Everybody actually, that's true. Out. That is true. Yeah, but it was to such an extent, and because it was so, it it did feel kind of intense, but not not noticeably so. Not like when I saw the like 2018 Halloween and they're smashing head and teeth are coming out. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is very different than kind of just the tension of yeah. the the original. This was not quite such a big leap, but it it was a little, especially the several people's heads get shot. Like brains came out of a couple of different people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but, but what's because it's the stabbing. It's always like, well, they just got stabbed 70 times, but they might still be alive. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> A gunshot is much more final. Yeah. One thing I like about the Scream movies is that it's it's never been this kind of, like, extravagant deaths. Like, pretty much every death is just a stabbing. And and what makes it more fun is that tension and the build-up to it. 
And I thought that this film still really had that, even though this wasn't Wes Craven. I thought the direction was really solid. I loved the cinematography, lots of interesting camera angles. And with all horror movies, that classic use of just lingering cameras slowly moving so that your eyes like dart around the frame to see where he's going to pop out from. There are some scenes where it gets a bit over the top. I can't remember who it was, whether it I think it was Judy's son. When he's after he showers and like he opens the fridge about 10 yes. times just so that we're like waiting to see Ghostface behind the fridge door. It gets a bit he much that- in some moments. <laughs> it was a long run of him opening the bathroom door, him yes. closing it, him opening the hall door, him opening the fridge, him opening the closet to get the bowls out, him opening the closet to get the chopsticks <laughs> out. And every time there was no one. But I will say I was really shocked by the. Deputy Judy going trying to run into the house to save her son, and he's just right there and stabbed yeah, her. Yes, that's. I true. thought that was a devastating, but really solid and surprising. Yeah, it wasn't her stalking around the house. She didn't even get that chance because she was just like ran in. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's so upsetting. But then there was that one scene. Was it? I think it was the son, Judy's son, where the knife was like in, and there was just like a flap yes, of neck. Yes, I do remember that. That was. And I don't remember that. <laughs> Usually it was, I think, I feel like in the past films, it was just a lot of, like, people wearing clothes. And, I mean, everybody in this film wears clothes, but, like, just blood <laughs> so close. You know what I mean? Film? Like, just their clothes, their clothes would suddenly be darker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Rather than, like. As physically seeing Neck blood. holes. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know what you see. <laughs> I feel like I've talked a mile. I truly just watched this movie and was so excited and was so relieved that it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to be like, I'm so mad. Um, and I was looking, I was like trying to look at the trivia and I was like, this is too much trivia. None of this is fun. I was hoping for more Easter eggs and maybe people will start catching them. But like the friend that I went with pointed out that when Jack Quaid is watching that like clip from Stab 8, yeah. um, you could see recommended videos on the side. And there was like a recommended video that was an interview with Kirby that yeah, was just right. like a sock photo of Hayden, <laughs> which I was like, okay, so she's alive. Yeah, I'm see, like, that's right. cool. I would have liked more ties to Scream 4, actually. And I feel like maybe they didn't just because people don't have the same amount of love and nostalgia for it. But so yeah. our, our friend Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, he messaged me yesterday just before he went to see it. And he was like, do I need to have seen three and four before I see this? <laughs> and I was like- I actually don't think you do. Like, it's very referential, but most of the references, I think, are to one and two. Like, there's a lot of ties to, like, Billy and Randy and that kind of stuff. There's- Yeah. I mean, Judy, I think, is the only character that carries across from four. Right. And I do like her. I was glad to see her. Yeah. But I would have loved to have uh, seen Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. And I like- Heather was from three- I believe. Yeah. Right. Because she was like, I just remember her in the trailer on set because she had a tape from Jamie Kennedy, from Randy. Yeah. That she was playing for them. So, and I felt like the casting, like the first scene where they're looking through the stab cast. And I was like, is that all? Was Heather Graham actually? Like, I was trying to figure out, I was like trying to remember who actually we already knew. Yeah. And (laughs) what was like new information. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But also, where was her mom? Her mom's in London. Yeah. And her daughter gets stabbed 80 times. I know. She's like, well, I'm not cutting my trip short. <laughs> I know. I thought that was a bit crazy too. Like there are a couple, obviously it's one of those movies. There are things that happen right. just for the story. Like it's this, I thought it was a bit ridiculous when 
Officer Judy, she gets the the call from Ghostface that he's going to kill her son, right? So, she starts racing back home, immediately gets on the phone for backup. And yet, yet the seed of of her son, like, opening fridge doors and stuff, which is all from memory after she gets killed. And it's like, wow, this is taking an incredibly long time for any backup to come. And, like, this is not... Like, it would be easy for cops to get here. And yet, in the final scene... So, it's almost like this town has no cops. And then in the final right. scene at the party, there's, like, 50 fucking cops looking at the, the, the crime scene. And it's like, where were all of you earlier? <laughs> they felt really bad about it earlier, so they made a point of getting there on time. Yeah. <laughs> in that last scene, I did just keep thinking, truly, like, law-wise in America... If someone attacks you, theoretically, you can fight back, all right, and not go to jail, okay? Yeah. But if you stab someone, like, 30 times the way that Billy Loomis's daughter did, at what point is it like, all right, this is now a crime? Yeah. Yeah. This is not <laughs> self-defense. This isn't self-defense. <laughs> yeah. You did something weird here. Yeah. We need to right. keep an eye on this. Self-defense is, like, stab them in the leg so that they can't, like, run after you. It's not or just, like, just- repeat. A shot to the head or the throat slit, but just yeah, she stabbed him so many times, and I don't, you know, I don't know. I've never done it. It feels like <laughs> difficult to stab someone, right? Like it must be. It can't I, be that easy to get a I, knife in a in a chest. Yeah, I would think you, for sure it would be difficult. Like you're dealing with plenty of bone and stuff in that area. Like it can't be that easy, right? And 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 the, the thing that they're implying, like, well, she's Billy's daughter. It's like, well. She's not, she's not super strange. She's a Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's. I find it difficult sometimes even just, like, scoring pork skin to, to do a roast pork. I'm like, this is pretty hard to get this knife in. <laughs> Sawing at a steak and this person's like, argh, argh. Yeah. I think truly after, like, five stabs, the police have to be like, look. Yeah. You, this is not cool. <laughs> like, and I, oh, Dewey's death was honestly also kind of just embarrassing for him yeah 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 it did like gutted yeah yeah it really took me back actually when he was like you know we got to shoot them in the head you got to make sure they're dead and i was like yeah i was like okay i like that reference make sure they're dead and then holy shit dewey's dead like this movie had stakes it really showed that it had stakes yeah i was ready for him to go back and and Ghostface would be gone you know what i mean i didn't think he was gonna go back and get stabbed yeah and not just stabbed but like opened up used so much blood on the floor i was like oh they can't even they can't have him come back the way that they had somehow that small child from the opening come back <laughs> yeah yeah so how are you scoring this film then it sounds like we were both pretty positive on it yeah i was thinking about it i was like look i think my my ranking still is like one three and two are pretty tied just because i think three is so fun it's like you can't deny two is a really solid fantastic film yeah. and a fantastic follow-up um i'm trying to decide i need to rewatch four and see if this kind of ranks with that or if yeah. it outclasses it it definitely isn't worse and i think it was a really solid entry like i'm not mad the fact that we've had five of these yeah and none of them are stinkers yeah they're all pretty worth it and just like like you could sit down at halloween this year and be like, let's do a marathon yeah. and be pumped for all of them. Exactly. And not be like, oh, we got to get through yeah. number 17. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you the, the like- Freddy series or the Michael series where there's several duds. Like, these are all strong. Yeah. And it's now been, yeah, like a 25-year period. 
and they've all stayed solid. And they've all been pretty, pretty good, like, time capsules of while still remaining relevant kind of the the new one was very much like today's like and they talked about how movies now people don't like when they're woke and this but this one was in a way yeah you know very very commenting on like internet culture and yeah incels but yeah it, it did a pretty good job of towing that line i could have used like a few less references yeah it was definitely like kind of the first one on steroids but all things considered, I th- I would say it's like a solid four out of five. Yep, yep, yeah. I'm a seven out of ten, so like a three point five out of five, I guess. I I liked it a lot. My ranking after rewatching them all quite recently, for me, it's actually one, four, five, two, three. Ooh, I'm gonna have to rewatch four then for sure. Yeah, I truly only remember the opening had Kristen Bell. Yeah, that. There's a haircut I don't like, and that <laughs> who's a creep? Emma Roberts is a creep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me to to talk about this. This was heaps of fun, and I'm glad that that we were both able to get to it at the end. <laughs> uh, thank you for letting me just truly. I feel like I really just came on here and steamrolled. We watched a thing, just my excitement. I drove home and was like, I get to talk about oh, it. Oh man, I, I literally several weeks ago did a hostile takeover of your, of your show, so you can take <laughs> over as mine. much as you I'm want. I'm now here. <laughs> I'm actually just here to talk about Scream 3 and really vouch for it. So can you tell everybody where they can find Tasteless and just how wonderful it is? Oh, yes. There are search tasteless in your podcast apps. There are some other weird tasteless shows, tasteless gentlemen, tasteless a lot of right. men. Okay. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> tasteless, you'll know what it has movie tickets on it. Yeah. And I'm talking about nonsense, uh, like why the room with Tommy Wiseau is better than House of Gucci. <laughs> um, I just had my two hundredth episode, which is why I had the wonderful We Watch a Thing hostile takeover. And then I redid my very first episode from three years ago yeah. of La La Land versus Showgirls, which is really, honestly, that comparison is like the heart of the show. That's what the show is. I genuinely, I, I believe it. I believe Showgirls is a better <laughs> film, covers the same themes of like trying to make it and following your passion. And I think it is infinitely more enjoyable than La La Land. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a fact. That's such a great idea though, to redo that episode. I, I should really do the same thing at some point because our very first episode was on 2017's Justice League. And oh. I regret deeply that for some I don't know. It was, I didn't know what I was doing. I gave that film a seven. And I'm like, <laughs> I publicly retracted it many times. But I'm like, no, I just need to just delete the episode or redo it or something. Because I, it's like, I find that people still listen to that episode. And I have not re-listened because I'm too embarrassed. Because now I research pretty well. And for this 200th episode, I researched very thoroughly. You know, I always watch both movies that yeah. week. And before I write about them but that episode i think i was like i'm gonna do a podcast and i maybe hadn't seen one of the movies in a while and i kind of just made things up and just (laughs) talked and didn't know how to edit and i bet there was like a hum but it has the most listens because it's the first episode and so i'm like look i could do this better there was merit to the idea but please don't (laughs) listen to the original well thank you so much for joining me i i really really do highly recommend tasteless it is a lot of fun it's well produced it's just 
And not only is it fun, it's really well thought out. Like the research you put in and the, the comparisons you make are always really astute. Like it's it's just a cool show. <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel like I am going to run out of them one day, but <laughs> so far, nonsense movies keep being made. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, I'll be talking about Nightmare Alley with Sean Carney from the Scaredy Boys podcast. Have you seen it yet? Are you a Guillermo del Toro fan? No. Oh, is that out? It comes out this week. Maybe maybe it's just for us. Oh, that would be exciting. (laughs) Okay. I'm excited for that because I hate Bradley Cooper with such a passion. (laughs) Despise him. Despise him. So... If you like it, though, I'll watch it. But if you don't, I can just give it a pass completely. Okay. Well, I'll let you know for sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And I'll catch you next week. Oh,